You are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. It's been a short offseason, but it's been a long time since we've been in your ears. The weather's a little crisp today in L.A. Training camps are underway. can only mean one thing. The Bannermen are back. This is Carl. How are you tonight, Vardy? Hello, old friend. It's been a while. Yeah, I wonder if we could still do this. I don't know. I don't remember. How, how does one podcast? Our microphones are on. Mm-hmm. It's a good first step. So that's good. My computer's yeah. working. And most importantly, the Kings played tonight, a hockey game. They did. They did. They uh, they started the season off strong by losing 2-1 to Arizona. Granted, I think a third of the roster was actual projected full-time roster players, and the rest were some mix of prospects and such. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the... That's the first step, right? That's how we start. I guess so. I'm trying to remember if that's how hockey works. Yes. Yes. I have just confirmed that that is how it works. <laughs> Training camp, preseasons, rookie face-off tournaments, right. all these things. Not in that order, ladies right. and gentlemen. Right. But I'm happy to be talking about the Kings again. I'm happy to be talking about hockey again. I don't know where to begin because we haven't done this in, yeah. I believe it's two months. We actually took an off-season for once. Yeah, strange. it wasn't it wasn't by design, but it ended up kind of being that way. Just life stuff that yeah. kept coming up, unfortunately. I, we've but, said many times we wish this was our job. Yeah, but it but ain't. it's not. <laughs> no matter how much I wish it before I go to bed every night. It yeah. hasn't happened yet. Maybe one day, Marty. Yeah. Maybe one day. But let's I guess start with some legit King's news, which is the extension of the number one goaltender for the team now, even though if you read press releases and you read what pundits say, oh, it's not official yet. Okay. The number one goalie for the Kings, Cal Peterson, extended. And that extension kicks in the last season of Jonathan Quick's contract, I believe, which is next season, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is interesting, but also not surprising. Yeah. I, I, you know, a lot of people were... I don't know, like knocking this contract. I don't know how else to describe it. And if I also knocked his last contract, do you remember that? I don't. What was the? It was nothing. Really, we got like nothing. nothing. Yeah, right. But there, people were still like, "No, he hasn't proven anything." I can't believe you. So, goes to show, fans gonna fan on this one. This was a layup. Yeah, the whole the whole he hasn't proved it argument. I I I hate that argument because then the. The follow-up argument always to that when a player gets a big deal is, why are we paying him for things that he's already done? It's like, well, come on, man. (laughs) You got to pay him at some point, you know? Yeah, I mean, I will say that the the cap hit could be startling because he hasn't had a full season as a number one, even though you could argue last season he was the Kings' number one goal. He played more games than quick. That's usually a pretty good indicator that he's the number one goalie. But again, the the way the Kings – are structured right now, I think it's it's fine. I think it's not going to have any adverse effect on the team cap-wise because they're in good shape in that department. So I think the timing of it, I think, is great. So I have nothing but positive things to say about this. I mean, you're not going to find, not yet anyway, because the goalie pipeline after Cal Peterson is a crapshoot right now, in my opinion. Right. So you lock this guy up. He's as close as a sure thing you have. He's going to be your goalie for the foreseeable future. So 
pay him what's going to make him stay here. I don't think it's that complicated. Yeah. And it's not that much. If you really consider like what one, you know, one, a goaltenders are getting around the league. I think the thing that uh, rattles some people is that you're going to have one season there where quick is getting, I think 5.8 and then, and Peterson is getting five five at the same time. And so, yeah, if you look at it on its surface, you're going, Oh my God, we're paying $10.8 million to two goaltenders. Well, I mean, that's a lot can happen in a season or two, uh, Quick has no trade protection whatsoever to speak of. He's also 35 going on 36. Um, we've seen plenty of other teams uh, find ways to move players like that if they choose to. And if they choose not to, like you said, it's not like we're in a dire cap situation here. I think people forget again that we still have 2.6 million going towards Jeff Carter and that'll disappear in 22-23. And you know, we still have a million or so devoted to Dion Phaneuf and paying Mike Richards until God knows when. But I guess all in all, I'm not worried about the cap situation enough to be sitting there going, why are the Kings spending so much money on goaltending two seasons from now? I think a lot of other teams have shown that, you know, you need a solid one and two goaltender. And, you know, if, if I, I know... Last season, I was all on board with moving quick and getting what you can for him, et cetera, et cetera. But at this point, I'm fine with just letting it ride out. I, I have no preference one way or the other. Same here. I mean, it could be worse. You could be the Dallas Stars and have a yeah. one, two, three, four goaltender ready to roll all right. on big cap hits. Right. But that's that's how I look at it. I'm like, okay, so if, say, for example – you know, God forbid something happens to Peterson and he's out for half the season. That's okay. I mean, quick is there. I don't trust him nearly as much at this point as I do Peterson, but I probably trust him more than, I don't know, Matt Volalta or whoever you're going to, you're going to sure. potentially put in that backup space. Otherwise There's sparks. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, come on, we played Gosling or <laughs> Grossnick. Gross multiple Nick. times close on the gosling though. Yeah, thank you, thank <laughs> Ballpark. you. And the mask threw me off but you know multiple times we played toward grossnick last season yeah so yeah. and besides that i mean guys in much higher pay grades are making decisions capologists so right i'm not worried i think it's all figured out you right. know in terms of what's moving where so uh yeah he has a killer mask now he always yeah. oh, it's so nice that mask man that's a good mask. That Stauber mask. The fact that it's all white, I think, is is my favorite part. Because he did have that um, playing card king on right. his mask parts of last season. So it, it's not totally new, but it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, my, my favorite feature is that there's subtle references to different eras of King's jerseys. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have pointed out that there's like the tips of the Burger King crown on mm-hmm. the on sure. the jaw but that's not what stood out to me when i saw that out i got very strong potfin vibes looking at that with with the whiskers even though it's not necessarily positioned on the cheeks quite like felix's was but yeah i got and i don't think that's that's an accident i i find it difficult to believe that they decided to position half crowns there just randomly you know agreed 
maybe we should do a you know we, we couldn't do our list miserable episode but maybe masks might be the one we do that's next. the one that's the yeah, one I, mean, I feel like we've been talking about it forever but i mean we we love the we've talked about this before how much we love the art and the display of absolutely of goaltender personality over decades and i think Not- it's one of the underappreciated parts of hockey truthful I, I know that there's like there's a strong following to it but i think it's such a unique thing if you think about it in sports right like what you know now you're seeing nfl players get their cleats painted and yeah and this that and the other and the, and the nba kind of relaxed their policy over the last couple of seasons about what type of sneakers any any player could wear it didn't have to be like color coding or matched but I, I can't think of any, and even, you know, baseball catchers masks, like they don't have that same, they don't have the surface to paint. No, they don't have area. They, yeah, they, they but can. that whole thing, like when, when, and, and you see it every day now, like on Twitter for, you know, pads and matching helmets and this, this whole aura, like this whole just kind of nightly garb, you know, it's such a unique part of the sport. And I feel like it really doesn't get as much attention as, as I feel like it should. Agreed. And now you're seeing goalies with different sets of gear throughout the season. It's, it's great, not just man. it's not it's just great. one mask throughout the season. You're seeing a home mask. You're seeing an away mask. You're seeing like the second half of the season. There's a new mask. It's awesome. And yeah, we've always loved the aesthetic of hockey, just in general. Just any right. jerseys are a big thing that we love, and we talk about. We're going to talk about one next, actually. Yeah, which is the proposed or rumored. King's alternate jersey uh, that was kind of the news was dropped by Mayer I'm sure I'm sure he was the first one he's always on top of those things um, and he is all also on top of mock-ups for those jerseys and I gotta give him credit they're usually pretty accurate right however in this case if they are accurate I will be severely disappointed because the mock-ups he put up of this what's I guess to describe it a retro but with new trim and a new design that was a terrible description i'm so sorry but that's (laughs) i guess that's the gist of it they're they're trying to go they're trying to reach into the team's history by going seemingly to the chevy logo with the chevy logo colors but on a new template and a new design and i gotta say if those are the designs i'll be severely severely disappointed yeah you you pointed out something that was very astute because a lot of those mock-ups basically um what what they had done on mayor's site basically and i'm sure they've got some information that they're privy to that made them go in this direction but um they had taken the traditional silver chevy logo and inverted it so that it was a black background with white or silver writing on top of it. And you pointed out very astutely that, okay, so it's basically the rain logo. And I was like, yeah. Can't do that. And that's when, and when you look at that, you're just like, yeah, you just, there's, there's nothing there. Like, why would you do that? What is the point of doing that? And In, in the King's history, they've never gone to that black Chevy logo. You've seen it in marketing. Sometimes you've seen it in like decals, things like that, but right. Never on a jersey. Sure, it's been on like merchandise and stuff like that. But I think you can't with the rain having that black Chevy logo. Essentially, right. I don't think you could go Kings with the black. It's just 
it's too close. It's, yeah. It looks, it even looks minor league. Like even just looking at that color inversion looks minor league. I think to me, the Chevy logo is, is still the, probably the best. I shouldn't say that because the OG crown is pretty nice, but it's my favorite Kings logo of all time because of the era that I was growing up in and all that stuff. So I'm all for bringing that logo back. I'm even all for bringing that logo back full time. Yeah. If you want to do it fine. I think the reverse retros are great, but in those mock-ups, man, it just does not look in any way appealing to me. I think it looks like an AHL Jersey, even with the silver Chevy logo, I think the way it's trimmed and I don't know, I, I guess it's a, it's a playoff, the current Kings template, right? Cause they have the stripes running down the sides right. and it would be like the gray yoke with a white Jersey. I, I I'm thinking that's what they're thinking, but it just, it's not working for me, man. Yeah. But, and apparently it's not going to be gray either. Like they're legit leaning right. into, that's the, the other into, the, into the silver aspect of things. Um, Shimmer. Yeah. Like shimmery silver, much like the shimmering gold of the, of the golden Knights jerseys um either the full golden one or, or the golden trim that they have which to an extent i can understand um it's nice to see that and you know they already showed a little uh, a little dabbling in that when they went with the with the silver helmets for the for the outdoor game against colorado kind of leaning a bit more into that silver but it just it needs to be done in a right way. Otherwise you're, you know, I, I, for example, I really dislike those outdoor air force jerseys that they went with. Like it, it did nothing for me. And I, I, I don't want this to be another forgettable Jersey when they're coming off of right now, what was universally considered a top two reverse retro Jersey. I mean, it was, it was, it was that and the, and the Colorado Nordiques, jersey right like any anywhere you look those were pretty much top two top three at most so to come off of a big win like that and i understand that covid kind of threw supply chains off and it was never really meant to be more than a one-off jersey i get it but when you when you nail a design quite like that to go from that and potentially deliver something as a as a true third jersey that you're planning on incorporating potentially for more than one season at least that's my understanding i feel like you really got to nail it you know what i mean absolutely and i'm looking at the mock-ups now i was mistaken is they're not silver shoulder yokes it's just silver sleeves sleeves yeah yeah based on the mock-up or black sleeves either way i'm still that doesn't really change my opinion on these potential designs i think yeah I've always felt if the Kings are going silver and black as their primary, which they are, I think your third has to be purple. I think it's, it's an opportunity to, and it could be, let's say purple and gold. I think there should always be right something there with the team's history. Cause there's no other team that uses those colors. I mean, that it's as simple as there's that. no purple as there's no purple in the NHL yeah. outside of what the Kings have used. I can't think of any other team that's used the color purple. Can you? I mean, I guess a little bit with with Arizona's new Kachina look. You know, there's a little bit in there, but not not right. like, not the same. E- only the third. The third, right? Well, not even the third. The reverse retro they did last season. They went That's purple. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Before it was green. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, 
yeah, I think that's maybe the only other thing I could think of that comes to mind. Right. So I, I'll, I'm always on board. I love silver and black as the primaries, but I think if when you have a third, don't go silver and black. You know, yeah. those 67 throwbacks they had like years ago, I just thought it was just perfect. Yeah. Just it's a perfect jersey in the, in the uh, Reebok template. Now you could do it in the Adidas template. Right. Um, and the reverse retros, which unfortunately were a one-year thing, apparently, those were just, like you mentioned, almost perfect as well. So Yeah. And apparently when they – apparently there is discussion about bringing back like a a 2.0 reverse right. retro. Right, so there's – The following – like a white version of yeah, it. Yeah, there's a second program of the reverse retro coming. Um, there's no – I don't know if there are many details on it, but speculation is that the Kings would go the white version – of their purple reverse retro, which is fine. I have no problem with that at all, but I, I never liked that the current alternate or the one of the last two seasons where it was just gray. Gray, yeah. The black yokes on the shoulder. Not a fan yeah. of those. I actually like the 50th anniversary ones only because they had gold in them and it was right. just different. Right. It was just different presentation. Like, this is yeah. cool. No, I agree. And and there's there's a lot that could be done. Like, I wouldn't even mind if they took the the Chevy logo but they made the background instead of gray, but like make that a shimmering silver. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? Like make it pop. Right. I think that would be something kind of cool. But I think if you make it black, it's no better than our current logo, which quite frankly is getting a little bit long in tooth. Like it's, it. I get that we've won cups in it, yada, yada. But like, I wouldn't be opposed to, some sort of a rebranding retro branding whatever you want to call it permanently yeah. going forward i think it's going to take some time i think it's just a feeling i have now granted like turnaround and logos seem to be accelerated these things yeah uh but i think like you mentioned with the cup win still somewhat fresh in our mind and still looking back on those years so fondly i think i don't think the fan base or the organization is is to the point where they're like okay yeah i don't think anyone's like clamoring it's, for it's, it it's but... been too long now <laughs> you know like, right? yeah uh, the cups are really really in the rearview mirror now so right right no i, we'll, I get, we'll that. get there i think we'll get there i think the logical next step and what's old is new again for a lot of these teams you mentioned arizona they're now full-time back to their i call it the desert jerseys but they're they've gone back full-time to their original look i think a lot of teams have done that over the years it makes sense colorado kind of brought back their sweater trim the way it was in the in their glory years so i would not be surprised and i would welcome if the chevy logo returns full-time at some point. right right or even like just looking through their their logo history now if you look through like the 75 76 through 87 88 when they were kind of making that transition from the old shield you know like something something akin to that i wouldn't be opposed to there's it, you know about, yeah the white shield with it says kings on it yeah but like the, the like the running kings not the not the one yeah, that yeah, looks yeah. like the current word mark yeah right because the 67 throwback well the 67 logo was just a plain home plate looking shield yes where it said kings and the king's word mark is very similar to the word mark that they have started using more so Correct. now so I mean, there's 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 a lot there if they really wanted to mine it. So long as they avoid the crossed hockey sticks shield 
lion sunglasses yeah. era. Yeah. I think we can all agree we're okay without that. I think that's okay for a one-time, a one-off thing, something like that. I'm okay with that. But interestingly, from 67, you mentioned, <coughs> excuse me, from 67 to 88, the logo itself, ne- the jersey crest never changed. Right. It's always been the same. That's a long right. time. Um, right. However, the logo, some of the designs, obviously, when you got into the 80s, they added the sh- the opposite color shoulders going all the way down to the sleeve. Yeah. All that stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting that the logo changed, but never, never the right, but never the, never the, the actual jersey. shield. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think it's inevitable. And hopefully they do better than these mock-ups. I don't know what else to say. I, I love your idea of a shimmery Chevy logo. At least yeah. it'll be different. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind if they just, I don't know, did a gray jersey in the old 80, 88, 89 jersey trim. Mm-hmm. Maybe just play on that a little bit. I don't know. But I just know this is not exciting. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me either. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. Yeah. Rookie so, face-off. Rookie face-off. The, the, the hockey that preceded the hockey. Yes. Shall we the, say. The first inclination of hockey. Yes. Is, is the rookie face-off in Arizona. Right. This season. Six teams, I believe, is that? I think I got it right. Yes. Uh, uh, L.A., Anaheim, uh, San Jose, Arizona, Arizona Dallas. Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. We got them. Yeah. We got them all. Yeah, and I don't think every team played every team, right? It was only three games Correct. per team. Correct. Uh, and the Kings played uh, Colorado. Anaheim, Colorado. Arizona. Arizona. There you go. That was and the they loss. went two and one. Yeah. I think they spanked Colorado, if I remember correctly. They did. Yeah, first game. It was like 5-0, I think. And uh, uh, I want to say it was Volalta in net, and he stood on his head. Whoever it was that stood on his head, and I want to say it was Volalta, but I might be wrong on that one. Sorry. Sorry if I am. I apologize. Um, and I think Colorado actually went on to do pretty well after that game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not surprising, right? Like, Colorado's a, a deep team, and I think Bowen Byram was still... Right, he was in there. Yeah. So, not not at all shocking. I don't know much I... about their prospect pool, to tell you the truth. I feel like uh, when a team is as loaded as they are up top, like, that usually equals your prospect pool isn't great, but not yeah. for them. No, they've, they've, they've still managed to be successful, and... Uh, only recently have started giving up like a lot of first round picks and stuff, but they've got prospects like, um, uh, uh, is Alex Newhook on that team or am I confusing which team he's on now? Um, they've, they've got, they've got some talent, dude. I'm not, I'm not, they've got some solid guys that, you know, definitely showed up, but, uh, more so, for the Kings perspective, I mean, I think we knew the guys that you were looking out for. And I think, you know, the guys that you were hoping would play well, obviously we had a a solid bunch of our, our pipeline playing in the AHL last season. And so you just expected those guys to come out and play well. So it's not surprising. I don't think that uh, you kept hearing rave reviews for performances from uh, Fagamo, uh, Byfield, Kaliev, I think the more interesting stuff was the names that you weren't necessarily expecting that came out and uh, like Martin Chromiak's name, mm-hmm. I feel like kept coming up over and over again. And maybe that's a bit of a byproduct of playing with Byfield and Cali like he was, but 
uh, even from the highlights that I saw, he just looked like a guy who was, who was pushing every single, every single scoring opportunity, just right. skating hard getting into the scoring areas. And that's what you need with, for a third guy on the line like that, right? Like take advantage of the talent of the other two guys with you and complete the plays, you know, do some of the dirty work maybe. Yeah. And I know, yes, that's a name that constantly came up on my Twitter feed. I wasn't able to really watch highlights. I saw a few, uh, but that name and, and you mentioned him earlier, but Sammy Fagamo's name certainly yeah. came up a couple of times. I think he had right. nine shots on goal in one of the games. Right. Um, I think he was, from everything I read, he was all over the offensive zone, dangerous every shift. Um, obviously a guy who is hungry to go into training camp. So those yeah. are all good signs. Like he's not going to make the team, but I don't think that's the point, right? I think the fact that he's hungry enough to push at this level that he thinks he has a shot at making it, that's what you want to see. Like that's what you want to read about. Yeah. Um, another name. I heard a lot was Jordan Spence actually. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to, I didn't watch the games and this is, that's why it's so difficult for me to, right. to really see. I was able to on watch it. one of them. Just one. It was hard. Was he playing? I can't even remember. <laughs> there you Sorry. go. Well, it's okay. I mean, I didn't even watch the games, uh, but definitely his name kept coming up as someone who impressed. So again, all good things because yes, the Kaliev's, like you mentioned, the Byfields, Turcotte, even though he didn't, <laughs> from everything I gathered, he didn't have the greatest time. Yeah. Uh, or, and hasn't had the greatest time. So, but it's good to hear those names that you're not zoned in on, not to hear names that aren't the usual suspects is great because you have the yeah. top prospect pool. You don't hear those names very often. So, it's yeah, great. absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, and you brought up a good point that like these guys are playing well. And even guys like, like Turcotte who coming back from like appendicitis and everything, yep. you know, just coming out there and, and really playing well. Um, it's, it's, it's disappointing in some ways that there just aren't enough roster spots right now. Like you could, you could right now from NHL players who are LA Kings put a roster together of, 16 forwards and nine defensemen, no problem. Yeah. And and these are guys who have several NHL games under their belt. So they're not easy cast off kind of players or plugs or anything like that. Like these are guys who are signed to contracts, have played season or two in the NHL, clearly are going to be NHL players. You could put together a roster of, of 26 guys, no problem right now which is disappointing in some ways because you want to reward these guys, the Fagamos, the Kuparis, the, you know, who've been putting in the work for a season or two in the AHL and have proven they can play at a higher level, but there's just no room. Yeah. And uh, it does beg the question of what is going to happen within the first season or within the first month or two, obviously injuries always happen. Guys come up, but I I don't think it would be surprising to see some guys moved for picks and, and spots opened up. Uh, even if by virtue of, well, you're not just going to cut this guy and put him on waivers and risk losing him for nothing, potentially, you know, but guys, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. There's, there's such a log jam at forward. You, you have to feel like something's got to give soon. 
absolutely and i think that's something we've been talking about for seems like, like a year now I, seriously because, easily yeah because once once we got a grasp of what was coming in talent wise in terms of prospects you understood that at some point these guys have to play somewhere whether that be here whether that be elsewhere there's they look like they're projecting to be good enough to be NHL players. Right. And they're going to have to play somewhere. They can't, they can't play on one team. That's just the reality of the situation. That's not how teams are built winning teams. Yes. You built through the draft, but eventually, you know, you add veterans, you add certain pieces to that group and away you go. So I think it's a matter of time. I think that's, I think one of the reasons why we were so, gung-ho about moving a package for a star player right um i think that's that was our reasoning because eventually it will happen and right. the opportunity to get a jack eichel who was the player that we really wanted who still gonna, remains was, in yeah, buffalo but, limbo right now I mean, yeah well he'll end up in vegas probably or something oh, like God. that and be... <laughs> arizona dude arizona's got like nine picks in the first two rounds <laughs> i think they can spare a few probably so probably so but yeah, and even you mentioned it, man. Even looking at the lineup and project projecting who's going to be there opening night, it is hard. Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard because I can't. I don't see who from the veterans is going to get pushed out. And we mentioned that, right? Yeah. Um, I think Mayer had a, a a cool graphic where he put up. I don't know. It was like twelve players or thirteen players, and. I think it was like a game where you had to pick four that make the opening night lineup. And it's really hard. Yeah. Especially now you look at training camp group, training camp groups. And Vladimir Kachev is, is like rolling on the second line. I know. I know. Which makes sense because I, you know, in my very limited scouting report of him, I told you he could score and not much else. <laughs> and if he's going to play, he's going to play there. You know, yeah. I don't know if you could bury him on the bottom six. Um, so all of a sudden, like, you're going to have to put some kids on waivers. You're going to have to send kids down, whoever is waiver exempt. But, you know, you have Martin Furk who's sitting there, right? He's probably – and it's hard. You have Lazat, you have Wagner, Grundstrom. Like, are these guys going to be playing? Right. I, you know, Grundstrom, for example, is someone that I like. I would love to see him in the opening night lineup, but I don't know if he'll be there. I imagine Wagner and Lazat might see waivers, but it's it's not easy, man. It is not easy with with the veterans we've picked up. Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about all those forwards that we have. I'm with the assumption that Byfield starts in. I, I think that's a slam dunk now. I yeah, just, I, there's just no way. There's, there's no way. Is he going to play for fourth line? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But really, the only ones that are waiver exempt are Velarde, who you're obviously not going to send down. And not. yeah. And, and catch and that's it. Everyone else is not waiver exempt. So you risk losing every single person. If you decide you're, you're just going to try to send them down to AHL, which I don't think is the case. Well, you know, like, Anderson Dolan can be sent down. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right. you're right. He can, you're right. He can. Okay. So, right. 
Kupari, again, that's Fagamo. They're also I, I wasn't even I wasn't even considering Kupari or Fagamo on the roster. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so that's that's that I pretty much projected them starting in the AHL as disappointing as that is for them. But like Leah Sanderson, not waiver exempt. Okay, so you mm. can't send him down without potentially losing him. Um, Lazat, not waiver exempt. Grunstrom, not waiver exempt. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're you're, you're going to lose somebody. Yeah, on waivers. Gonna, yeah. And that's, Potentially. and I hope it's, look, to me, like the three layups putting on waivers are Lemieux, Lazat, and Wagner. Which is disappointing because didn't we trade a second round pick to get Lemieux? Yes. Do you really want to open that back up? The wound keeps opening itself. I'm not doing anything. I understand. It's like a bad paper cut right in the middle of your, of the joints of your fingers, you know? I understand. Um, but yeah, I think those three guys, I think are. You kind of shrug your shoulders and you say it is what it is. Yeah. You guys got to go. Yeah. Cause I don't even know if there's a market for guys like that. I mean, you'd like to think there is, they, but uh, truthfully, there might not be. There really might not be. And then what are you going to do? I have no problem with that. I think the one that really sticks out to me is Grunstrom. Yeah. And, you know, Ferk, I have a soft spot for because. Well, he never got a chance. He never That's got a problem, chance. Right? And he's, he's shown previously that he has something with Velarde. There's something there that's working right. with the two of them. And he's also got something unique that I don't think we really have on the team. Like you could run it. Not that I'm saying like you bring him on or to be on the power play exclusively, but yeah, like you can run a power play through his shot. Like that's, that's a setup for a second unit power play easily. And you, you don't necessarily have to give him 15, 16 minutes a night. If you're giving him some power play time, then he can be a valuable addition to the team but again this isn't an ideal world where you don't necessarily have all these forwards clogging things up i i think he brings more value to the team than say a brendan lemieux but clearly they they went out and they got lemieux because they felt like they were lacking a toughness whatever take some punches yeah yeah but and i think that might be what keeps him in the lineup because there's no one else to do that now that you've gotten rid of McDermott, which I was also completely fine with, I guess if those if those are my two options of punchables, then yeah, I'll take Lemieux over McDermott. <laughs> but like the fact that I guess the fact fact exists that they want to have someone like that available in the lineup still. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. It is going to be interesting though, because I think another aspect to to remember and and to think about is. The train, the opening night roster rarely, rarely lasts very long. Yeah. You know, I think with the AHL, you see kids making an impact. They come up, players get moved, players get sometimes just put on unconditional waivers. Right. I mean, a lot of things like that can happen. So I wouldn't be up in arms exactly or, or overreact to the opening night roster. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I felt like this was an issue and we talked about it um, is that once you add these veteran players like Arvidsson, like Dano, like it pretty much shapes your roster before training camp because, mm-hmm. you know, like Athanasiu needs to play. Yeah. You know, he's, where is he going to play? Who is he going to play with? They, we signed them. Line. Yeah. So that takes away another bottom six spot from, let's say a Grundstrom, right? And the same thing happens on defense. I mean, they resigned Will Annan, and he is not waiver exempt. 
Right. So every time, if you decide that you're going to send him down and back up, well, then you risk losing him just the way, you know, for nothing. But if, if, if you choose your roster based on waiver exemption, et cetera, you're not going to send Mikey Anderson down, not after the full season no. of being Drew Daddy's partner. No. So Tobias Barenford's going to start in the AHL then by that logic, because he is waiver exempt and you have eight other defensemen who are ahead of him by virtue of that. Yeah. And that includes Kale Clegg, who I believe is going to make the roster. I don't think you, I don't think you risk sending him down again with everything going on. Cause maybe you didn't lose him to Seattle, but I don't think you're going to keep him with 29 other teams going for him. Crazy. It's wild, man. Austin Strand, another guy who's probably oh, yeah. going to going to get lost. Jacob Movarare. These guys are. It's it's a risky time, man. It's a very very risky time. It is. It's an interesting time. So, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm. I don't know how I feel about this team yet. It just feels like such a new team all of a sudden. It does. It does. Those three additions were big ones. They were. They were, and they have the potential to really go either way. I really believe that. I mean, they're positive. Don't get me wrong. We're happy they're here, but um, <laughs> it could go bad, as we've seen in the past with yeah. the veteran free agent or trade additions like that. So we'll right. see what happens. I am hopeful, though. I'm excited to get this thing going. I think, I still think in this division, the Kings can do some damage if everything clicks. If yeah. Cal Peterson can be the number one guy that he, I think, is, you know, so. Yeah, I think you, I think you bring up a good point. Like last season, I remember when we were doing this episode and we were talking about all this, it was a lot of just like, eh, whatever happens, happens. This is the roster. It is what it is. Let's see what happens. They might surprise us, but we think they're going to be bad. Well, it, it does feel like a very different team. It feels yes. like the expectations are different. It feels like, not, I mean, not just feels, but the roster is significantly different. And so I, I feel like even though I, I'm wrong in doing this and I know I shouldn't, I have higher expectations of this team. And I don't mean like I don't think you're points. wrong at all, no. I, I, yeah, we're talking about playoffs. Yeah, I'm not talking like six talking points higher in the standings. Like, yeah, yeah we're exactly. talking about making the playoffs in a weak division. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't blame you, me, or any other fan because it was management that came out and said this is our goal, and we're not management. We just comment on what happens in the ch children's game, right? That's what we <laughs> do. So when they come out and say, and that's kind of why I shift shifted gears on wanting Jack Eichel. I've said initially, I was like, we don't need Jack Eichel. We but when management comes out and says, oh, no, right, no, 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 we're, we're going here now, I was like, okay, if you're going there, this is the logical next yeah. step. Now, that's a complicated situation. But what I mean is my mindset shifted because of them, which is the way it should be, right? Like, I mean, right. they are, you know, smarter than us. They have to be. I, God, I hope they're smarter than us. <laughs> Sad, at least, at least in this context. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't blame you at all. I don't think you're wrong. I think that's the way it should be. I think that's the attitude everyone has. You read quotes out of camp. That's everyone's mindset is like, we need to make the playoffs. And I think it's a it's good. And I think the players they got 
gives them little to no excuse for missing the playoffs now. Right. So it's a double-edged sword, man. You, you Now you raise everyone's expectations. On paper, I think, and we'll get into our – we're going to do our season preview and predictions right. in a few minutes here. Um, I don't think it's crazy to put the Kings in a playoff spot just based on what you're looking at on paper. And, and the other aspect of this that – I think we forget sometimes because we get so embroiled with the pipeline and the next generation to come. We're not a young team anymore. Like we are, if you look at the average age, it's north of 27, dude. Yeah. Especially well, with the guys we signed. Exactly. I, mean, they, I was going to say. They brought, yeah. Like we didn't sign young guys. We brought in a 28 year old Victor Arvidsson who we traded for. We brought in 28-year-old Philip Deneau, who we gave a six-year deal, and we brought in 35-year-old Edler. Granted, yeah, Ed, Edler it's, brings that up a bit. <laughs> it does, but my point is, like, even if you look at the forwards, like, Andre's 34, Brown is 36, everyone else is is 25, 27. Gabe Velarde's your youngest forward at 22. Right. You know, right. like this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't Dwight King, Jordan Nolan. <laughs> you know. Or if you want to go way back to like when the when the Ducks won their cup and Getzlaff and Perry were in their first or second year, like this isn't this isn't that kind of roster. These are guys who have been around. Like if you're going to do something, now's the time to do it. No, I agree with you. I agree, and it it's built for something to happen this season. Yeah. So so yeah, yeah I'm I'm all for these expectations. I'm all for holding them accountable. All, you know we're fans how accountable can we really hold them but at the same time i think internally there has to be some accountability so yeah we'll see what happens it's i'm excited to see this team play meaningful games that's where i'm at like let's play some meaningful games boys you know what i mean and meaningful games to me means making a playoff push so, so right. should we get it should we get into that should we get into who I we think, think we is going to do what where i think we should as you longtime listeners know, we've been doing a season preview every season for, man, did you know we've been doing this for like four years now? Oh, God. Was, is it four years? Might be longer. It sound, let's, let's go with four. Four sounds good. So we started the podcast right when Lombardi and Sutter got the X. Correct. So it's 2017, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Is when this all went down. So... This might be our fourth season preview, and I am pumped. I am excited. Let's start. Where do you want to start? You want to do the Metro, the most we, impossible we, division? We go, we go east to west, baby. <laughs> Let's right. do it. The most impossible division to call the Metro. Oh, God. Holy shit. Have you seen – I was going to say, have you seen the teams in this division? Yes, I, I think you have. Yeah. But this, this, for me, was the toughest one. I mean, the bottom ones, I feel like, are a bit easier. But, yes, than the, top, the bottom sure. two, but there's six more teams. Yeah, I know. I know. So let's start from the bottom. Columbus. Um, <laughs> Columbus, last place. I don't give a crap who their coach is. It's just not good times yeah. in Ohio right now. They're just in a bad division. They, you know, still waiting to see the dividends of that line A PLD trade. Um, yeah, I don't think and, line A is long for Columbus. No, I don't either. And and obviously a very emotional year for them as well with um, with the death of, of one of their backup goaltenders tragically. Yeah. yeah. And that's the I, I can't imagine that's not going to be looming over everything. Um, 
they obviously lost their longtime captain in Felino. Yep. Like there's just there's so much going on in Columbus. And I love me some Yarmo, but it's just it's you love Yarmo. It's it's tough, man. It is tough, tough sledding right now. And yeah, the, it's just no one wants to play there. Everyone who goes there seems to play their worst hockey. It just they have these few bright spots every few seasons, but at the end of the day, it just looks like a defeated team at some point in the season. So they're last place for me. Yeah, and, and again, they they're just on a they're in a bad division. That's that's all it really is. Like they're, they're yeah, bad, they're bad the for them. Division. Bad for them. Yeah, yeah. And they brought back Jake Voracek. Can we play a little game while we're doing this? Sure. Can we play a little game where we talk about the move that I completely forgot happened for every single team? Sure. <laughs> I might be stunned to hear some of these. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, I totally forgot they got Jake Bean. Oh, yeah. They did, they did do that. <laughs> no, totally forgot. Oh, man. Yeah. They got Jake Bean and other That's moves they made. Seth were... Jones replacement. Exactly. Exactly. So they walked away from they uh, they traded Seth Jones. They got Jake Bean. Uh, they got Jake Voracek. They, they stocked up on all their Jakes. Yeah, Bolquist. They got there. You go in that Seth Jones trade. So and and they gave Zach Varensky a massive massive deal, which I I, su- I succeeded in somehow pissing off all of Blue Jackets Twitter with my criticism of it. Oh well. <laughs> I love that. It was so great. Some of the worst chirp backs we've ever heard. Uh, terrific. Work on your game, boys. All right. Yeah. So we've spent way too much talking about Columbus. I They're apologize. Lies. It's okay. fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, right above them, I got the New Jersey Devils. Listen, yeah, another, another team. Like <laughs> Dougie Hamilton is great. He is fantastic. We love Dougie Hamilton. I wish I had Dougie Hamilton on the Kings. I even like Ryan Graves. Less so, but okay. Less so, but I do like him. Um, they should have Nico Heischer back, I believe. Yes. Oh, so you know something's something's cooking there. I just don't think it's in this friggin' death gauntlet of a division that they're going to be able to upstage any of these other teams we're going to talk about. So that's really what it comes down to. I think they still have some work to do. I yeah. think Jack Hughes still hasn't become. He's not in his final form he's, yet. He's he's on the cusp though, man. I think this is the this is a year where you really see him go into that like because what did he get like seventy something points last season? Pretty I'm not close completely to it. sure. Uh, no, man, I exaggerated that like crazy. First off, that would be insane because they only played fifty six games. So my bad. No, yeah. he had thirty one and fifty six. But I I think he's I think he's a seventy point guy this season. I'm okay. gonna call it good. I want I w- would like that to happen. Because I yeah. like Jack Hughes, so they have something cooking there, and I just don't think it's ready to to be served yet. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what it comes down to. I think goaltending is going to be a problem. So my move that I had totally forgotten for them is that they have Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> totally forgot. You Total. know what's great? <laughs> I didn't know any of this either. See? I mean, I, it's one of those things. It's where a I, fun game. I come I re- up with these games on the fly. They're fantastic. Look, I knew it, right? Because I read it at yeah, the time, and I was course. like, "Oh yeah." But it just—that's all right. That's like a move registering to me. It was like exactly, yeah. It's like one of those Twitter. Okay, cool. That's a nice picture, and you move on. That kind of thing. Yeah, I like this game. I'm cool with this game. Okay, here's where (laughs) here's where things get very difficult, right here, man. Because you could, 
You could put anyone. I know. Let's, it's a okay. log jam. I, we got to go to the top now. We're going to jump to the top. Okay. Because this is hard. Okay. And, and it's really hard in the middle to me. Like, I think, okay, I, I got the New York Islanders winning this division. And <clears throat> let, me, let me just say that in years past, as you guys have heard, I've always dropped the Islanders low. Yeah. And I am now at the point where I'm just like, no. It's Every year they, prove it. It, they just get it done. They're going to get Andrews Lee back. They made deep runs every season. And I think they're going to come out because of Barry Trotz. That, that is a tough. I go back and forth between them and Carolina, man. Yes. Because really Carolina is my second. It's, it's hard. I, I think it's a coin flip. I really do. I think it's, it's not going to, it's a very, very tight, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Carolina is just a little bit more talented right now. That's, I know that's such a weird thing to say, but I feel like they're just a little bit more talented. Um, yeah. I'll tell you the only reason I didn't, I put Carolina second is because they, they had a weird off season. I know they had like a bad faith offseason they really did the, t- like, the tony d signing alone the, the kotkaniemi thing that yeah just petty like you what you let your goalies walk away and then you offer sheet kotkaniemi six million just to, in spite to spite the montreal Canadiens, which i'm all for right as we know but yeah it just it wasn't all that positive momentum and that goodwill they had built it seemed like it just it cracked right there just a little bit. And I know that it almost has nothing to do with hockey on ice hockey anyway, but at the same time, I feel like losing Hamilton hurts. That does hurt. I think, I don't know what their goaltending is going to be. It's very, it's Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ronto, which is, which is wild. Exactly. You've just made my point. I don't yeah. know what, you don't know what's going to happen with those guys. That's fair. That's fair. That can really, just, yeah. I just think the Islanders are just solid a solid you may have convinced me you may have <laughs> you may have flipped me on this one okay. you may have flipped me on this one okay so the so the surprising move for carolina i totally forgot they have ethan bear now hey there you go <laughs> of you all go. the of all the crazy stuff that they have done this offseason that's the one move that i was like oh i totally forgot you're there how about there that um so for the islanders um let me take a quick look here at their roster, see if they've done anything of note. I mean, this, I feel like this roster has been the exact same for like three years running now. It's the same names over and over again. And I'm like, they're yeah. going to do it. They're going to have, gonna Pal- do it. they're going to have Palmieri, right? Right. But they um, had him last season too. For, right. Um, they lost uh, Eberly. Yeah. But I just don't think, I think that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much where yeah I'm at. i mean they could afford to lose everly they honestly could and and this is this is how there's nothing on here that's oh the parisi signing right didn't they didn't they sign parisi i don't like, think they um, have yet have they i thought they i thought they signed they announced it oh maybe so yeah and even that's not all that surprising like i figured that's where he was gonna go i think everyone immediately figured You're right. they gonna, signed him yeah yeah 37 years old okay there you go. Fourth line forward. Why not? Why not? That's fine. I like them, dude. Um, I think I've watched them closely enough the past two seasons where you're just dude, like, and they have and just, they have Chara now. They got I totally Dano. forgot they got Chara. That's right. Full circle. 
full Man, circle oh, for the Big Z. Coming back to the team that drafted him. It's well, romantic. There you go. Okay. So may- maybe their good good faith moves put them over the bad faith moves of Carolina. that Carolina made. Great. Yeah, I, I'll, so what, I'll buy that. So we got, you know, if this was a sandwich, we got the bread ready. <laughs> now we got yeah. Now we got to figure out the middle. You got this is hard. Delicious slices of rye. This is so hard. Um, I got Washington third and Pittsburgh fourth. Hmm. And I think, again, I, I think Pittsburgh can even be all the way down above New Jersey because of their injuries, because I think father time might catch up to them. It's all possible. Yeah. So that's why it's hard. I got Washington, Pittsburgh, Rangers, Philly. Yeah, I went. Uh, I went Washington uh, Rangers. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Philly. Okay, so we're not I, very high on Philly. No, I, 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 I screw myself with this. Just like you keep knocking <laughs> the Islanders every year, I keep overestimating Philly. Right. Every year. Right. Every year, I say like this is it, and it's not because they're a bad team either. I mean, they've got the makings of a great team. They've got great players. Mm-hmm. They're. You know, they've got things in their, their top six is probably about as good as you're going to find in the league. Um, their defense is great. They got Ryan Ellis now. They got Provorov. The Ristolainen move mm. is awful. Which is funny because when you read, like, I've read some season previews and everyone heralds that move as like, oh, watch out. It, it's like, it's oh, terrible. It is good. terrible. And I had genuinely forgotten that he was on this team until I saw this again. So... That, you know, that, interesting. <clears throat> In one of the season previews I was reading, they had the Flyers winning the division. So, which is again, it's, I'm, I'm I'm not falling into that trap again. Not doing it. They did add a couple of players: Atkins, Cam Atkinson. They got right in that Warcheck right, trade. Right. They got you know, let me see: Brassard, Nate Thompson, Ryan Ellis, Ristolainen, Keith Yandel, and Martin Jones. Uh, I don't know, man. It's that's that's I don't a, see anything there that's that's what I'm saying. Out excitement that's what me. I'm saying. I feel like they made some good moves, but they also made some moves that I'm just like, Ugh, that doesn't that doesn't really do it for me, not in this division. But they're stacked. I will also add that Carter Hart still hasn't yeah, he impressed hasn't, he, yet. Right. Like truly impressed yet. Right. For all the hoopla that came with his arrival. I he just hasn't found it yet. Man, there's the move I forgot. Martin Jones is now their backup. Martin Jones is their backup. And now that in and of itself drags them down even further. Those those moves with like I don't know. Pers- is he is he better than Brian Elliott? I don't think so, that, man. I don't think so either. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, Brian, I feel like Brian Two Elliott. Two years ago, if you asked me, I would laugh at you. Yeah. But Brian, dude, Brian Elliott, like for the 20 some odd games he was playing, I feel like he was he was doing okay. Martin Jones, for whatever reason, has these inexplicable brain fart moments. And maybe they're exclusive to being in San Jose and maybe being in a different city will will help things out. But God, not in Philly. I will say though, <laughs> I think I think maybe being a backup might help him out. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see. But I just I don't have as much faith in this roster compared to other rosters in this division. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I think for yeah. Pittsburgh. I think they're just old. I think Sid and Gino are, I'm serious, man. They're going to be out, right, to start the season. Yeah. So you're going to be, all eyes are going to be on Gensel and Carter and love those guys. We love us on Jeff Carter, but right. it's going to be a tough, it's going to be tough in this division, man. Their goaltending yeah. is spotty. 
at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, still don't know yeah, who their defense is. I haven't known who their defense is for four years. It's Crystal Tang and the homies. There you go. That's basically it. Brian Dumoulin, he of a no trade clause, apparently. Yeah. There you go. So <laughs> Michael Michael Matheson, he <laughs> of a modified no trade clause. <laughs> so yeah, the interesting team to me, and Washington, there isn't much to say, right? They're they they're gonna have Anthony Mantha all season, so they're gonna be fine. Uh, yeah, you're you're a big Mantha fan. Big Mantha fan. I like him. I think he's. He's a great player. I think there is still a ceiling to him. Mm-hmm. He's still pretty young, I, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he is 27. Yeah, so that's okay. He still has time to even get better, I guess my point is. Um, I like him. I like him on that team. I think he's had an impact. He had an impact last season. So they'll have Kuzi full-time. <laughs> <laughs> they got, they reacquired their goaltender in one off yeah. season. After they lost him, so they'll be fine. I'm not worried about Washington. The Rangers are the interesting team to me, and that's and that's that's kind of where I'm intrigued because they, again, towards the end of last season, I feel like we're starting to pick it up, trying to, you know, trying to do something, and then they made weird moves like signing Barkley Goodrow to, oh my god, an unnecessary right. You forgot about that deal, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> there it is. But I remember being very upset about it they just i i have a lot of faith in their youth who did calgary sign it's the other tampa guy oh uh coleman Coleman. yeah okay cool i always like coleman yeah 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 yeah. um yeah they got goodrow they got sammy blay um great (laughs) in that butchnevish deal right so they lost him right that's a, that's a tough loss, but that's, I have a lot hurts. of faith. Yeah, they they're youth though, dude. If if I don't know what the hell is going on with Capo Caco, I really don't know if he's if he's he's trending towards bust, quite frankly, sadly. But Lafreniere, Kraftsoff, like these guys have the goods. Um, Adam Fox coming off of a Norris yeah. year. Okay, Andre Ka- Miller. Andre Miller, like Nils Lundqvist, they've got youth. Ryan Reeves, Perfect. don't forget. They solved their God. Tom Wilson problem. That's right. That's right. So I think there's enough there. What's really – they just need to come out strong yeah. starting the that's season. What's, that's, that's what screwed that's, them. That's, yeah, that's what yep. screwed them last season. They lost a bunch yeah, of one exactly. games, yeah. Right. Okay, exactly. so I think we got the Metro somehow. Very difficult. Yeah. Let's go to the Atlantic where uh, when we start from the bottom, it's a layup. The dismal – abysmal embarrassing horrible buffalo sabers so bad so so bad i don't know what this team is doing remember when we thought ottawa was a shit show like two years ago this is reaching ottawa has turned it around (laughs) i know what i mean is two years ago when all that shit was going down where every like every day there was a new story about what an embarrassment this team is buffalo is reaching those levels now that's all. What, what can I say? I, I genuinely don't know how you as a player get yourself pumped to play for the Sabres right now. I, I, I don't. I don't know how, like, it's a paycheck, I guess. And but... plus their heart in the media, they're saying they're amped. They believe in what's in the locker room. Yada, yada, yada. I'm pretty sure Rasmus Dahlin cries himself to sleep every night 
and then signed a, a three-year deal on top of it. Well, he wipes his tears with the hundred dollar bills. That's true. That's very true. Um, they have. I guess they're gonna have Jack Eichel. I mean, dude, they. He's oh yeah, not that's in, right. He's, he's not in training camps. What are you talking about? He did not he's clear not in his training phys- camp. That's right. He didn't pass his physical, and they stripped him of the captaincy. Yeah, that happened. To add another layer to the hundred pound shit cake that they're baking over there. Um, so he's essentially not going to play until he's traded. I think do, that's what do you know who their two goaltenders are? Yeah, uh, Craig Anderson's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I don't know who the other one is. Aaron Dell, this is your this is your okay, okay. combo. 40 so this is old. the worst tandem in the NHL, dude. This is the worst team in the NHL. <laughs> well, yeah, but the worst goalie tandem in the NHL, yes, usually equals the worst team in the NHL. Yeah. But they have so many other problems outside of the net that I don't even know where to begin. It's um, all they have is Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat, Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahlin. I don't even want to look at this roster. Owen Power um, is going back to Michigan, so he's not interested in this horse shit. That might be the smartest thing that they can possibly do. Sure, <laughs> for all parties Just, involved. <laughs> yeah, don't don't burn an unnecessary year and ruin ruined the first year of a player who already everyone has kind of said that like defense isn't exactly his strong suit. Like he doesn't have that type of immediately step into the NHL kind of game quite yet. Yep. Anyway, it's a bad team. I don't know how much we can zone in on this team. Yeah. Detroit is next from the bottom for me. Yeah. I think that's fair. I I think think they're still still floundering. I really, again, I, I, I know that, you know, I, I have the utmost faith in Stevie Y and what he's done, but it takes time. It takes a lot of drafting and a lot of time and a and lot of... They drafted well. It's just they're not going to see the fruits of that for a right. while. So Right. They need one of these guys to step in. Just, you know, it's like what we talked about for, for the Kings, that you need one of these dudes to step in at age 18, 19, 20 and be the guy, you know? And I don't know if they've got that yet. I yeah. think they've they've hoped that guys like Rasmussen or Zadina would be that guy, and and they just haven't been quite yet. there yet. Yeah, yeah. They did get uh, Pia Suter, which is a nice little acquisition. I like that. I I, I think that's a I nice think, little yeah. signing. I think Jacob Verana. I don't know if he's healthy. I I remember reading that he might not start the season in time. Right. Um, they signed Nadelkovic we just talked about earlier it's a messy it's like a mishmash right now until they figure it out so yeah we have them at number seven both of us i believe yep so of the two i'm gonna say non-playoff teams i'm not counting the wild card i'm just going top four Mm -hmm. the two non-playoff teams i have montreal and ottawa montreal fifth ottawa sixth yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um, Ottawa's an interesting team. Ottawa's a... They will be good. Yes. I, see, Just I not think, yet. Yeah. And, and see, that's 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 kind of what I mean. Like with, with Stutzla, he came in and you knew from season one that like, okay, we, we hit... The, yeah. yeah, we hit this. You know what I mean? Like there was no question here. Uh, playing well with Kachuk. Um, they've got some solid youth 
coming up that's going to be just fine for them. Not to mention on top of, you know, Shabbat still being there. Um, they've got some talent. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, agree with uh, not much else to say. I don't think they even added anyone. I, I think there was. Some, I really, yeah. I think there did, was some I... speculation that they would add it like a veteran, but they just didn't. So. Yeah, I mean nothing, nothing of note. I think that they're just letting, letting these guys play, you know, and whatever happens, happens, and I'm okay with that. I, I think that makes for fun hockey. I mean, if you were to honestly compare them to Buffalo, I think a lot of people prefer to be rooting on Ottawa right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Montreal next. I don't know. I mean, they live and die with Carey Price. That's just the bottom line. I think Cole Caulfield had a nice little season, but I don't think Cole Caulfield is a franchise-changing player. I think he's a high-end prospect Mm. that will score a lot of goals, but I don't think he's going to define a franchise. It's still Carey Price, no matter how you slice it. Obviously, they lost Philip Deneau. Yeah, they signed Mike Hoffman. They got Dvorak after they <laughs> after they lost Kakiniemi. Right, a nice little turnaround move for them. And I think they made the right move there. Obviously, I don't know if we actually talked about this because it was a while back, but yeah. they definitely made the right move in letting Kakiniemi go and flipping around and getting Dvorak. I think that's a solid move for them. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think the only thing that hurts is like how how much fanfare Kakanemi had when he was brought in and how he was held yeah. to be the number one center. It's just like, uh, you know, it, he's gone now. But I, I, but I don't think he was going to be that guy. Maybe I don't think not. he's ever going to be that maybe guy. Not, but he's still very young. So yeah. Um, Shea Weber, obviously not going to be there. Yeah. It's like, they did I, sign I like Savard. That doesn't, they've just, they've lost a lot, man. Yeah. They've, I, I know they brought in a lot, but they've lost a lot. I think they need, if they're going to be successful, if they're going to make the playoffs, they really need guys like Caulfield, Romanov, um, maybe even Drouin kind of getting back to the kind of game that he had before. They're, you know, these guys need to take a step because they have lost so many pieces and they need guys to step up and fill those roles. And I don't know if they've got the horses to do that. Yeah, Duran is a good point. I think he's healthy for the first time in a very right. long time. Right. He's in training camp. So we'll see. Um no love lost for them. I hope they miss the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Tyler Tofoli should make the playoffs, but not the rest of the Canadians. I don't yeah. know how, but make it happen. Right. Uh top four now in the Atlantic. Let's take it from the top. Oh man, that's tough. Not for me. I mean I shouldn't say that. It was tough to conclude that the Florida Panthers are going to win this division. <laughs> but I think they're – I just think it's their time. I I think Tampa, again, now you're off a second cup. I don't yeah. think they give two shits about the regular season. I think get in and we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, That's their mentality. That's why I don't have them winning the division. I think Florida is primed to do some serious damage. They're a damn good team. They're, they're a damn good team. They just and- look great. Man, they're just a good-looking squad. Reinhardt, that acquisition to add to that group is outstanding. I don't know. You know their players. We can talk about, you know, Barkovs and all this stuff all day, but they brought back Duclair, which is just depth player on their team, which is awesome. Right. They signed Joe Thornton. So they got yeah, the win. That was the move I had forgotten. That was the move I had forgotten. for Joe. 
<laughs> we got the win win it for Joe theme going, so they got some extra motivation. Yeah, and I think here's what it comes down to, man: Is Spencer Knight gonna just take over? Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Because goalie Bob is great, but he's making ten mil a year, right? And he's he's, at, broke, he's, he's on the back, Bob. yeah, he's on the back nine, so to speak. So is Spencer Knight? He's twenty years old. Is he gonna step in and just take over? this team that's really the big question mark yeah they've got such a deep team man they're they've got like three solid lines of of offense ready to go yes and coach q turning guys like carter verhey and mackenzie weaker into like household names you know doesn't there it's like tampa it's what tampa does yeah you know and and i think there there's a lot of similarities in the way these two teams are are kind of being built just finding these guys that like no one wanted. Right. And I shouldn't say that, but just finding guys who are undervalued and they're just becoming perennial NHL contributors. That's, that's the beauty of coaching, man. That's the beauty of getting a guy who knows how to put these guys in, in positions to win. Yeah. And don't forget they didn't have Ekblad for like right. a huge right. chunk of the season last season. Right. So, and I've always said, you gotta, you gotta lose before you win and they lost. And I think, just watch out. Watch out for them boys. Yeah. So uh, I, I think I agree. And uh, I'm, I'm giving Tampa the edge at, on the second place here. Same. I got Tampa. They're just too good. They're just too good, man. There's, I get there's age. I get there's fatigue. I get there's – but, I mean, they're just a damn good squad still. Okay. You lost Yanni Gord. Okay. <laughs> You know, look good. They lost good players. They did, but they but, brought in, in my opinion, good players. Right. I think Corey Perry was the best player Montreal had all of the playoffs. And yeah, I believe me, I, it's not easy for me to say that. He's, totally forgot he's on Tampa. Totally he's on Tampa. forgot. Yeah, there he is. And and tell me he's it's gonna work. I just know it's gonna work. His style on that team is gonna work because they lack that. They didn't have that, and I think he's it's just gonna work out. This is the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, they got Pierre Edouard Belmar. Tell me he can't do what Goudreau yeah. or Coleman did. I mean, maybe I not. Mean, that's tough, man. That's tough. But I don't think, I that think that's. He, okay. I think he can pick up enough of that slack. Because really, the strength of Tampa wasn't Coleman and no. Goudreau, right? It's no, like no. The Sorellis, and I'm not even talking about the superstars they have, but I think they'll be fine. I mean, they're just stacked down the middle. Like you just, you just look at that, right? Like between Point, Stomkos, Sorelli, even though some of these guys are playing wing here and there, they, they're in 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 good situation overall. I'm not worried about them in the slightest. Yeah, they're think, they're a top two they, team in this division. They brought Bobrovian back. Is that? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. they did. So, yep. not that it's that's a huge thing, but it's just. Yeah, I yeah. just think they're going to be fine because they have yeah. Vasilevsky in that after all that shit you got to deal with him. Basically. So, yeah. That's, and that's, I, I don't even know enough about their prospects to say, but I'm sure now they've got room to to bring in a couple guys like Taylor Radish or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, they know how to draft. They've been doing this long that's enough. That's also they, a good point. Their next man up has always been. Yeah, has always been just as good. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. I have uh, Toronto next in third. 
Yep. I'm right there with you. Um, I've all, I think I've had him first for the last two years in my predictions, but <clears throat> they lost Zach Hyman, right? I think he was a big offensive driver for them. I think they got Nick Ritchie to like be Zach Hyman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, their goaltending is still, yeah, they got Peter Morazic, but is it still Jack Campbell's crease? Is Jack Campbell truly, truly a number one goalie, or is he just a feel-good story kind of guy? Yeah. Where... And they have, look, they have a monkey on their back, so. Yeah, and, and again, they're in a tough division with teams mm-hmm. that, you know, with a Florida team that I feel like has gotten better, or the Tampa team that hasn't, in my opinion, got that much worse, save, you know, being older a year and being more fatigued, um, it, it's not going to be an easy ride for them. I think all, all of these upper teams are going to be picking up points against the lower teams. Getting into the playoffs is not going to be the problem for Tampa. I mean, for, for Toronto. Yeah. It's, it's, a- o- it's always what happens after that point. Yep. And, you know, Boston's back in their division, so that's right. bad right. news for them. I, they added they, – they did get creative, I guess, with their acquisitions. Michael Bunting from Arizona. Yeah. And then they gave Josh Hosang a PTO. I don't know if they're going to sign Hosang necessarily. I don't know. Because yeah. clearly he has a lot of skill and he just had other issues, but they're trying, you know, they're trying to, with their cap issue and this right. big issue, they're trying to get kind of creative with who they and have. And I think, I think they're, this is the year that Rasmus Sandin is a, a roster fixture as well for them. So that would be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I guess I'd forgotten they got Nick Ritchie. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, interesting. That's fine. Um, so Toronto third, and that leaves Boston in fourth. Yeah. 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 Again, just a team that you know didn't feel like they had to do much because they had Taylor Hall and they brought him back on a sweet deal. Yeah, they got Nick Foligno, which I don't. I. It's I think a, I like. I feel like he fits there, but. He's a he's a third still, fourth line yeah. guy. Like he's not he, he's not. You still you live know. or die by that one line. Let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. I think Taylor Hall is a good second. I forgot liner. they got Derek Forbert. There you go. I didn't, didn't even know they had. Three years modified no trade clause for Big D. I think the big problem is they're not they're, They lost Krejci for nothing. Yeah. He was a free agent anyway. But what I mean is he's gone, gone from the NHL. So um, they got Eric Halla. And Thomas Nosek for their bottom six. So, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Goaltending, man. They'll be I, a wild card. Push I don't know what's going to be. Yeah, I mean, well, they got Linus Allmark for the first time in as far back as I can so remember. It is, is it is no longer the Tuka Rask show in in Boston. Well, the, this is interesting because they have their backup in Swayman, who's, mm-hmm. who's seeming he might be the goalie of the future for them. That's how highly regarded he is in Boston. So they have him. Uh, he was a rookie last year, I believe, or he might still be a rookie. He's only 22, so I'm assuming right. so, yeah. So, so he's probably going to be their number one guy in the future, but that means Rask is a big, big question mark for this team to go get Linus Allmark, So, Yeah, I have heard nothing about Rask actually coming back and playing at all. I, I may be completely wrong, but I... I haven't, I've heard zero yeah, I about think, him. I think I might have read a couple of things where he'll be ready when he's ready kind of mm. thing. You know, that might be 
way late in the season. Right. But they'll they'll probably bring him in. I mean, they gave they gave Omar a four year, five million per year deal. That is not that's those are Cal Peterson numbers, baby. <laughs> so, so that that might just be the official kind of non official statement. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. That's the All Atlantic. Right. We move west. Central West. West also Central. known as the division Colorado will win. That's right. <laughs> I don't think we need to we need to bandy about any questions there. So who's going to win this division? I don't think you have to question who's going to be last in this division either. I think the team is that's going to be last is trying to be last. Yeah, they're doing very very solid work in being last. Right, and that's Arizona. Uh, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I was... dude, their roster is it's it's Phil Kessel and the gang. Sure. Um, and a bunch of guys that like you can't even believe are still in the league at this point. But Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, Nick Schmaltz, those would be the names that I think you'd expect to see on the on the stat sheet most often than not. But then they've got like Louis Erickson, Andrew Ladd, Shane Gostisbehere, <laughs> Antoine Roussel, <laughs> like Anton Strawman, like it's it's interesting, and then obviously Jake Chikrin, who's you know a goal scoring machine from the blue line, goaltending Carter Hutton and Yosef Kornar. I don't know, man. Is that better than the <laughs> Buffalo tandem? <laughs> yeah, I think Carter Hutton's best is the best goalie of those four, and that's why. Okay, <laughs> that's the only reason why. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, but like I said, they've got they do they've got eight picks in the first two rounds of this draft, and that's that's not even including what they're probably going to get for getting for moving Phil Kessel by the end of this season, which is almost a guarantee to happen. They, if you look at their their roster, um, the only forwards who they have who are not prospects technically that are signed beyond this season are. Keller, Schmaltz, and Andrew Ladd because he's got one more year left on his deal. <laughs> Every other forward is What's is the either plan here. That's is this a re, like it has to be a rebuild. And if it's oh, a it's, rebuild, it's you have full. to trade. You don't have to, but I feel like Clayton Keller would be like. What? I mean, he's got a. I mean, he's twenty three. He's on a long term deal. I mean, I think they might be making him and Schmaltz kind of the cornerstone guys on top of whoever they end Chicken, up drafting this yeah. season. Yeah, Chickren, uh, forward-wise, I mean. Yeah. And and they're obviously trying to get the number one overall pick. You know, that's 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 the plan here. Okay. Next from the bottom, who you got? Um, Let's see. Hold on a second. I lost my I rankings here. Got. I lost my rankings here. Um, I'm going to say Chicago. Ooh. I just don't believe in these moves they made, man. I really don't. Not saying I'm not saying I believe in them. I just believe in them more than the Nashville Predators. <laughs> that's, oh. that's where I'm at with that. I think that's fair. They've lost Arvidsson, Ellis, Halla, and Rene in one offseason. And they still okay. have Johansson and Duchesne, who I always will say, Yeah, I know. Are not good hockey. I mean, that's not they're great hockey yeah. players, but they have Zero driving character to be anything special. That's where I'm at with that. You might be you might be convincing me again. I but mean, listen, I, it's 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 not like we're debating on who's going to win the cup here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know, I know, a, but I just I I don't know. Chicago, like I guess I should never count out Patty Kane 
and what he can bring to a team. Um, it, it, the move that I totally forgot happened in Chicago was that they have Tyler Johnson now. Go figure. <laughs> um, Chicago has made some moves. They have. They definitely have. They have Seth Jones now. Um, I think the under the radar math is Jake McCabe, who is really his metrics are outstanding. Yeah. Um, All right. Maybe, man, I might, I might be way off, dude. Maybe Chicago's going to be way better than I think they're going to be. I think you have to remember a couple of things. I think Patrick Kane is still all world. Patrick Kane, I think yeah. Kirby Doc is is only getting better. Right. And Alex DeBrincat had like 30, 30 plus goals last season. Yeah. And he's getting better. So it well, this, this isn't an easy division either, I will say. Dude, you got me. Now, now you know what? I'm going to call an audible. Yes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm with you. I think I'm totally reshuffling now because I've taken a second <laughs> to, to look at things a little bit more clearly. Yeah. And I'm going to go Nashville, Dallas, and Chicago. I'm moving Chicago up a full two spots in my rankings. Love it. Is that how you have it as well? No, I have Chicago in the top four. Oh, interesting. Uh, which interesting. means I've dropped St. Louis. Okay. Um, okay. So here's my bottom four: Arizona from the bottom, Arizona, Nashville, Dallas, St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if Dallas did anything worth talking about. I think, I'm looking at. I, I think they're getting healthy. I think that's really all there yeah, is the, to it. The problem is they're paying Tyler Sagan nine point eight million dollars, and he has not been Tyler Sagan for multiple seasons now. He's been hurt, yeah, but I, Ryan Suter. I, I think there's that's the move I that. forgot. They signed Ryan yes, Suter. I totally forgot that. That's move. a good addition. I don't care it how is. old he is. They have Braden Holtby on there too. I, Dude, they have four goalies. They have Holtby, <laughs> right. Kudobin, Bishop, and Ottinger. Yeah. All signed. Yeah, but Bishop's IR, isn't he? I think he's LTIR at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, really I think he's LTIR. Know. How long is he willing to stay there? Oh, until man. he feels not ill i guess yeah i don't know and and dallas can be better than what where we have him ranked i think but it's will they like is it still jamie ben i think is checked out of playing serious hockey <laughs> like i haven't when's yeah. the last time you watched jamie ben and you're like that's the jamie ben i remember in his first few seasons it's been a while definitely been a while so same with sagan so you're looking at your most consistent player is Radulov. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these other, you know, Rupe hints and stuff like that are good, but are they... Yeah, they're complementary players. They're not... Yeah, yeah. They're not supposed to be the ones driving the offense. It's supposed to be Sagan and Ben doing it. And Ben is 32. So at least you can be like, okay, he's a little bit older. But like, dude, Sagan, he's, he's, he was out. He played three games last season. And he had... I guess the season before was not that bad, but it's just... Yeah, he's just got to be around. He's got to be able to play better than that. Unfortunately, Joe Pavelski's still there doing doing little Joe things. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I don't think there's enough in this roster to, to give me that much faith. They'll be better than Nashville. I agree on that. But I don't think they'll be better than St. Louis. Are you talking about Chicago? Uh, or yeah, Dallas? either. <laughs> Both. Okay, well, so I got Chicago over St. Louis. So Chicago's in the top four. Yeah. I just think St. Louis, 
they they got players. They got Saad, mm-hmm. um, Bushnevich. They got Bushnevich. Yeah, they're top six right now. It provided Tarasenko is healthy, which is always a question. But like Riley, Tarasenko, Shen, Bushnevich, Saad, Peron, and then Jordan Kairou is still there to like yeah. play on there. I think their D and goaltending is what really it starts getting really ugly. Or I, I shouldn't say ugly, but it's very questionable in my opinion. No faith in Bennington. I think Bennington, a bounce back season. I thought last season was going to be his bounce back season. <laughs> he, I think had a, different. he had a bad season after the cup, if I yeah. remember correctly. And I don't, I don't think last season was any better or maybe a little better, whatever. Yeah. I mean, their defense is Falk, Crude, Perico, uh, Scandella. That's kind of their, their top four. Yeah. I don't, I don't see a. Are any of those guys legit? You would be like a lock top pairing on every team. I mean, Krug, I think reasonably. I think I, I look at Krug as a second pairing guy mm. like through and through. A great second pairing guy, by the way. Yeah. But I think after they lost Peter Angelo, I just don't see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's no, there's no anchor. End. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so that's why I have Chicago higher. I, it's Chicago. It's just Patrick Kane, man. At the end of the day, that just makes me believe. Yeah. He makes me believe. And Flower, it's a good story, yeah. right? Um, Seth Jones is a, it just. It's just a better looking team, in my opinion, than St. Louis. That's fair. That's um, fair. So now that leaves three and two. And I have Winnipeg in two. Hmm. And Minnesota in three. I have it flipped. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, it's not a big. I've always believed in the Jets more you're, than I you're should. a big Winnipeg fan. I just I year love after the, year. <laughs> I love the makeup of of their offense, man. I always have. They're so fun to watch. Although Pierre Luc Dubois is gonna is a disappointment and probably will continue being a disappointment. <laughs> just the way he plays, he has no urgency in his game. Right. Um. The line A for Dubois trade is like the perfect, <laughs> like it's the perfect trade. Two guys yeah. are just like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm... you think they like talk to each other? You think they like text each other and just like complain about the teams to one another? Maybe. Um, but they got uh, Brandon they Dillon. Got, they got Nate and, Schmidt. And I Nate had Schmidt. forgotten that. Yeah. Nate Schmidt didn't do great in Vancouver. I thought he was going to be better, but I think Winnipeg could use him to say the least. I think they lost their backup, but Connor Hellebuck's the guy there, so I'm not going right. to dwell on that too much. I think they lost some bottom six depth, but... No, it's a good team. It's, it's a, a good team. team. I think they're the second best team in the division. Yeah. And then Mini is still... They're, they're changed, right? They're, yep. they're, they're a different team, but I think, still think everything's going to live and die by Caprizel. But isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how one player completely change the fortunes of this team yeah. and just drag it, it's the it's the it's kind of the patrick kane effect that you were talking about right like you believe so much in the ability of this guy that everyone else believes in the ability of this guy and if they can get like a healthy zuccarello erickson eck definitely took a step forward fiala i think took a step forward you know they've they've got a, a good balanced team here and then you have to take into account the fact that Marco Rossi is probably going to make this roster. 
And he has been knocking on that door for yeah. a long, long time. And he could have sure. probably not to the level of Kaprizov because obviously Kaprizov was a little bit older, experienced playing in, in pro leagues and stuff. But guys like Marco Rossi and, um, and uh, shoot, I'm blanking on the name of their other uh, prospect. Is it Boldy? Yeah. I believe you're right. Yeah. Like Matthew Boldy, like these guys have been knocking on the door. I feel like I have been hearing their names for two plus seasons that they're coming and they're going to be good. And now this team is in a position, which is where you ideally want to be a good team with room to bring in good young players. Right. It's, it's ideal. It's ideal for them to, and their, the defense I feel like is balanced and they've got some good high end top guys and they've got some veterans, Alex Kologoski down there, apparently totally forgot that. <laughs> Didn't even know. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think, I think yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be in the playoffs. One more note about Chicago before we move on to the Pacific, you know, who sure. else they acquired this summer, Jonathan Taves. <laughs> that's fair. Just that's fair there. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. Did, did Colorado do anything big? Oh, that's right. They got Big Mac D. And Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Back D. <laughs> gonna do it. <laughs> Curtis McDermott. Final piece of that puzzle. Obviously. God. God, I can't believe we could have traded him for anything. Maybe they felt they needed to fill the Zadarov hole. Right. Or the Ryan Graves hole. Yeah. Please. Ryan Graves is 10 times a player. <laughs> Give me a break. I'm, I will not put up with Ryan Graves slander uh, in, this, in this podcast. Uh, right. Such a good team. Such a good, no, good team. I think they're going to be fine. Okay. Uh, they'll win the division. Yes. Maybe comfortably. <laughs> I just, Probably yeah. so. All right. Nate um, can take some nights off. Ice his knees. <laughs> well, let's look at the Pacific Division. Okay, Let's can we agree that yeah. Vegas is going to win it? Vegas is going to be the, the top of this division. Yeah, yeah. there's there's no question about that. They're a deep team. They're stacked. I think there's lost. almost no question who's second, who's going to be second either, in my opinion. Edmonton? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, they're, the most, they're the two most talented teams in this they're division. Just, they're just going to McDavid their way to second place. Right. And that's fine. Um and I think after that is where it kind of gets interesting because this is a tough division too. Yeah. And it's muddy. It gets very yeah, muddy. Like a lot of people love Seattle. Well, that's that's primarily what muddies it up is because you're you have an unknown. You have a completely unknown team. You have you have no nothing to base it on other than the individual performances of these players from other teams, right? And it's the same unpredictability that we had with Vegas. So, and I, I would like to add that I think there is a Vegas hangover. I'm trying to explain what I mean. I, I think the Vegas thing is so fresh that everyone kind of over overshooting. They don't want to. They don't want to be wrong about. Seattle. Yeah, I think they're overshooting what Seattle might be. I think. Okay, I have Seattle in the bottom four somewhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I really don't. I think so you, that they are. You think they're going to be top four? Is that what you mean? Or I think they're they're four or five team. Okay. I really do. I have them uh, sixth. 
Okay. All right. So now we've said the top two. Who do you think is the bottom team? I think the worst team is San Jose. I agree. A lot of people are saying Anaheim is worse than them, hey, but they're both trash. <laughs> Honestly, they both suck. They are. They are. But you have to also consider like the Evander Kane-ness of it all. <laughs> hanging over. <laughs> they, they caned it up. <laughs> they caned it up. And and I don't know if that's going to be a plus or a minus because he was <laughs> still contributing to the roster. Um, but uh, Hurdle, I believe, pretty much asked for a trade. But he's still there. He's still there. But that it's you know, you it, have a guy who's yeah who doesn't want to be there. Yeah, consent. Like that's not good. There's there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, James Reimer and Aiden Hill is your goaltending now, Woof. which which somehow does not feel like an upgrade over Martin Jones, which is impressive. Woof. The fact that Anaheim has John Gibson puts them over. Right. Okay, that's it. Anaheim's, you know, they're a mess, but it's. I just. I, at least I, they have Zegris. You know, there's something there, like oh, hey, excitement <laughs> Trevor Zegris, <laughs> Max Comtois. Like there's, there's some young excitement there. San Jose is just. They're dying a slow death, a very slow death. And I, I'm I mean, here for it. I mean, if you honestly, if you look though, like Brent Burns and Eric Carlson have not dropped off as much as you would think. Velasic has, um, but then there's really nothing on this defense. There's like a, there's a bunch of guys I've never heard of, and it's it's just kind of a mishmash team with a bad story hanging on their head, and I I hate that. I hate that as like a as as a projection of like. Anyway, like you said, we're comparing the bottom two teams here, so yeah. it's not a huge situation. Yeah. I'm just focusing a bit more because they are a primary rival for the Kings. Um, but I think I think Anaheim is a smidge better off at the moment. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not going to beat myself up over the head over that. But there might be more there than there is in in San Jose land, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for me. Okay, rounding up my bottom four. Uh, <laughs> Calgary, I have in fifth. So you think Seattle is going to be sixth, sixth, and then Calgary fifth. Calgary fifth. Okay. I've seen I Calgary. Think, oh yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, I think I think uh, I think Vancouver is going to be sixth. Okay. And I think I'm trying really hard not to be a homer here, but I think Calgary will be fifth. And then it's going to be. Uh, am I missing a team here? Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So Seattle. Uh, yeah, it would go uh, basically Anaheim, San Jose from the bottom, then Vancouver, then Calgary, and then it's going to be the Kings in Seattle going battling for third, fourth. That's how okay. I see it. Yeah. That's how yeah. I see it. Okay, I have Calgary, like I said, in in fifth. Probably out of the playoffs because I think five teams from the central are going. Yeah. I think that uh, I think there's only three teams from the Pacific going in there. Yes. I just I don't what the hell is Calgary gonna do to be better? They've been trash for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Now they have a drill sergeant on their ass. <laughs> they don't want to they don't want it. It's an identity crisis. It's one and want, you've you you have said this before. 
So I give you full marks. Like there's, there's a identity crisis to this team. Yes. That signing Blake Coleman to a $4.9 million a year for six years. That is not the answer to the plague hanging over this head. Yeah. And you lose your captain. It hurts. It's yeah. The guy was won the Norris. Well, I feel like very recently, right. They add Zadorov, who's a pylon and Chris Tanev who, okay. Uh, that's cool. But up front, I mean, like you said, Coleman, Tyler Pitlick, like it's still up to Gaudreau and Monaghan. Right. And Monaghan a bad year. <laughs> yeah. And, and Matthew Kachuk and, Sutter's over there trying to make Monahan into Kopitar. It's not going to happen. Right. It's just not there. He's already, he's not a kid anymore. He is what he is. So I just don't understand. I've seen these guys placed up so high in other rankings. I, I've seen people put them in third, which is absolutely bonkers to me. I think, yeah, I just don't believe in them at all. So I have them in fifth, and then I have Vancouver in fourth, and I have the Kings in third. And it's you could call me a homer, but it's just I just see negativity everywhere else, and I see the Kings going in a positive direction. I don't see. So you're riding the good vibes train. It's it's a good vibes train, and it's you're seeing the team slowly grow. Yeah, they haven't had great seasons, but I think the attitude they have. I think there is a hunger now with the team, and I think all these other teams. Not all these other teams, but the teams they'd be battling with are just kind of lost. Yeah. I, I think Vancouver is a lost team. I'm very happy they got Connor Garland. Uh, great for them, but I, I still don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, their defense is pitiful. Right. I Ekman mean, Larson is not the answer here. Right. Thatcher Demko a- is still not to me like if you if you talk to Canucks fans, you'd think they're talking about friggin'. Marty Brodeur in his fifth year. It just, ha- it just, there isn't a lot of meat on the bone. That's just the best way I could describe yeah. Vancouver. I mean, they've got talented players, right? Like Besser, Horvat, JT Miller, mm-hmm. Garland, mm-hmm. Pedersen. Like that's a Nils Hoglander. Like this is, it, it, it's a good enough top six. I mm-hmm. think in my opinion, the defense is really where they lose me. Because you have Quinn Hughes, and then you've got a bunch of guys. And even Quinn Hughes is not that great defensively. Like, he's a great puck mover. He's great for driving offense. But none of these guys make me feel like they're going to shut down defensively much of anything. I mean, you've got Luke Shen and Oliver ekman Larson and Tyler Myers. These are – none of these guys have been defensive stalwart in some time. OEL has been a shell of himself for – for many, many years. And it's sad because he's only 30 years old. It's really sad. But Tyler Myers, I've never once heard anyone saying like, this guy's a true two-way defenseman. Hamannick, you know. Same same thing. Yeah. There's just a lot of average guys. How many teams has he been on? Yeah. I feel like it's been quite a few. Um, Pedersen seems to be going through some kind of identity crisis. (laughs) because <laughs> of his instagram posts <laughs> what are we basically no, like last season he wasn't he wasn't shooting the puck he was having this weird uh, like confidence issue and he said so himself that like he's working through something mm-hmm. so you don't know what you're gonna get with him i think brock besser is pretty one-dimensional i think he's a great goal scorer um 
Bo Horvat is pretty inconsistent. I just, I think I'm, they're kind of sexy-ish names, mm-hmm. but the, I just don't think there's too yeah, the much whole is, The whole is less there. than the sum of the parts, yeah, you feel? Yeah, that's how I feel. And I think they're all, like, almost all underachieving at the same time. So I just don't believe it. I think I'm going with the Kings because it's like, ironically, the Kings are the devil I don't know because yeah. they're so new. Yeah. And, I, and I've seen enough of Calgary and Vancouver to be like, I just don't believe in what they have. Yeah. So I'm going Kings making the playoffs, baby. We're, they're going to do it. It's bold. I, I think they, I think Seattle squeezes in. Again, I, I have nothing to basis on other than projections, but I think, um, I think Seattle squeezes in and maybe I'm hopefully wrong. Maybe something pans out well and the Kings get into third, but it's not, it's going to be close. I don't think that that separation between third and fourth is going to be very much at all. I'm talking like four to six points tops. Yeah, I can see that. And Seattle's also a team we don't know. So, well, that's what I mean. That yeah. they're the biggest unknown. Like when you throw a team like that in there, I don't think that you can easily say like, oh, it's easy points for everyone. There's clearly a bottom three. There's no clear anything. There really isn't. There's there's two really good teams. One better than the other one at the top. And the middle is a big mishmash yeah. of badness, you know? And actually the Kings are the second biggest unknown, I think, in this division. That's true. That's true. I agree. So, there you uh, have it. so who do you think is uh, coming out of the West? Who do yeah. you think is coming out of the East? Okay. So you think. Vegas... I think what we used to do. Yeah. So we're going to do Eastern conference final, Western conference final, and then yeah. cup champs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Colorado Vegas. I think so too. I don't have. I just don't have any reason to believe otherwise. Yeah, both of these teams have been in the playoffs enough. Both of these teams have the players to get there again. Yeah. Neither one has won it. They're they both want it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's Colorado's time to go to the final. Coming out. I'm there. I'm there for it. I think they're going to solve it finally. Okay. All right. Uh, coming out of the East, I think Florida's going to do it. I think Florida's going to the dance. Against so who are they going to beat to get there? Who are they going to beat? Oh yeah, to go to the final. You mean? Yeah. Um, it's hard not to say Islanders. It's really hard. They just go deep every year, man. They're there. Yeah. It's hard. Have, have they not been to the conference final two years in a row now? I believe they uh, have. Yes, they were last year. I can't remember the year before. I, I think it was remember. them again. I think it was them in Tampa again. Um, I have no reason not to say the Islanders. I think there's a small part of me that might say Carolina. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be Florida and the Islanders. And Florida's going to go to Florida's the Florida's going to do it. Florida-Colorado is my Stanley Cup final. Wow. And... Colorado is my Stanley Cup champion. It makes me happy to hear you say that. <laughs> I also have, by the way, uh, bet slips on Florida, Colorado, <laughs> and and I, yes, Toronto. So you're you're putting your money where your mouth is, huh? I am. Um, I would love for Florida to win because I have a plus. 2300 ticket <laughs> so that would be amen nice. there you go uh colorado i only got them at plus 600 so uh i think 
I'm going to base this on nothing in particular. Uh, I think Florida's a damn good team. I'm going to say it's going to be uh, Islanders, Colorado as the cup finals. There you go. Islanders going all the way. Who who are they going to beat? Florida? Florida. I think Florida's Florida's a good enough team to get there. Right. So we have the same conference final. Same conference final, different results. And I agree that Colorado's hopefully going to win the cup. (laughs) Yeah. All right. There you have it. Write it down. Make your bets. I have. (laughs) Uh, Who do you think wins Art Ross? Just a couple of awards predictions. Connor McDavid. <laughs> who do you think wins the heart? Connor McDavid. All right. Who do you think? Seriously, wins who else? Uh, no one. Who do you think wins a Norris? I don't know. No, I feel like the Norris could be like one of ten guys every mm-hmm. year, and it's just who has the better season. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought Adam Fox. Like that name would not yeah, have come across right in the slightest. Um. Yeah, I, Hedman comes to mind, but I like I said, I think Tampa's in putting it in neutral, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have one for that. I really don't. So I doubt it's going to be Drew Doughty. No, I doubt it. Hey, mm-hmm. very nice, very nice. I think it's Macar. Go. Oh yeah, full, how did I forget? Yeah, I'm going to go full Colorado on my predictions here. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I think that's probably the one I would have made if I was. Yeah, I think he's been knocking on the door enough. Yeah. He's nominated. They're just going to give it to the kid this time around because they can't deny his greatness. Yeah. Yeah. What episode was this? It's been oh, so yeah. long. My God. We do this thing at the end of episodes. I don't know if you remember. Uh, hold on. I just have to remind myself what episode number it is. This was episode number. 75. This Was, was it really? This is Did we do 75. it? Oh my God. Wow. I would have. Did it. We should have had more fanfare. I know, right? No one wow. remembers 75. They remember 50 and 100. But yeah, this is number 75. So 75's an interesting number because we've had a run of players on the Kings having wearing numbers in the 70s. Um, You're telling me there's a player who wore 75? No. That's, that's, what that, I that's, exactly, Great. that's what I was getting to. That's what I was getting to. That like We've had a run of players wearing yeah. 70 over the last several years but somehow the only ones that have that that no one has worn in the 70s are 72 and 75 yeah every every other you know number there's been someone who's worn it just to kind of give you a, a heads up for next episode but uh well how about this how do when, when we have this situation we usually yes. say like the greatest nhl number 75 and that's not easy either no, because I don't know. Because it ain't Ryan Reeves, and if it is, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> well, in these situations, I I go to the actual... Wow, interesting. Interesting. Wow. So these are a couple names I wouldn't have thought of. Um, so... Is there anyone that's, like, really legendary that I'm... No, 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 no. Okay. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. But... um. So apparently, uh, Walt Podobny oh, wore yes. number 75 for the Nordiques in 88-89 and put up 38 goals and 75 points. And the runner-up for the NHL when they released their you know best hockey players, whoever wore these numbers article, was Hal Gill 
or mm. 75. Okay. So you might not be you might not be wrong that Ryan that Reeves is up there. <laughs> At least the top three based on these criteria. It is it's a pretty stupid number. <laughs> oh I'm man. Not, I'm not surprised. Oh, that's this, this is like such a football number. 75. Yeah. It's a lineman number. Lineman number, yeah. All right, man. Oh, man. We've done this 75 times. That's pretty crazy. That is wild. When you put it that way, over the course of four years, we've done this 75 times. I don't feel so bad for taking a two-month break. <laughs> Even though uh, it really wasn't a break, I don't feel like I got a break at all. It was just no, kind of like a, a... it was a short off-season. It was. Already. So It was. In fact, that we, we did a lot of things I would have rather not done and would have preferred to record the pod, but sure. here we are. Sure. Here we are. All right. Shall we then? Yes. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Sorry we were gone for so long, but now the season's back up, so hopefully more episodes coming. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Keep the interaction coming. We appreciate it very much. Reviews, love them. Keep them coming. Helps us climb the charts ever so slowly on iTunes and make it to the ear holes of your friends, which is really our goal here. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast.